my name is Caroline and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. I think new experiences make us better people, so come along for the ride as we learn to take on our new adventure. Um, I wanted to thank you so much for listening into episode one. This podcast has been a dream of mine for a little bit here. I just realized that when I was trying to learn new skills as an adult, it ended up being way harder than I realized. So I thought there have to be other people experiencing the same thing. So I don't know, these conversations that we have with people and when we ask about their experience and we get information from them, I think that other people should have the opportunity to listen to those conversations. So yes, we're an outdoor-oriented podcast. That's where I find a lot of my passions and hobbies. But who knows, we may do some other things that stray outside of the outdoor adventure path. Um, Like I said, this is our first episode. If you're not already, please follow us on social media. On Instagram, I think the handle is InHerNaturePod, and we are on TikTok, so that is just InHerNature. So feel free to give us some love over there because we are definitely building those platforms. But like I said earlier, this is meant to be a community. I know that's hard to do over a podcast platform, but hopefully these podcasts are in chunks where you can listen to them like on your long run or maybe during a hot girl walk or something fun, or you could break it up throughout the week. So the overall structure of the podcast is I'll introduce the topic, maybe maybe give some recommendations from my week or things I've experienced that I think other people would appreciate, and then we'll jump into our interview. These people are typically within my circle of friends that I may ask questions to, and I just personally think that these conversations should be shared with other people because I think they're really helpful. By no means are we professionals. Um, Maybe one day we'll have some professionals on, which would be really cool. But take everything that we say with a grain of salt. Um, Yeah, we're not professionals. We're not giving you like strategic or very specific advice. This is meant to be a guide and to give everyone some knowledge before they attempt kind of the adventures they've always wanted to go on. That being said, if you have something in mind that you really want to learn about or someone you think would be a great fit for the podcast, please reach out at inhernaturepod at gmail.com. We'd be really excited to get into contact with you. So without further ado, our interview today is with my really good friend, Emma. Emma's a chemical engineer out of Boulder, Colorado. I met her in my undergrad program at University of Wisconsin-Madison. At the time I met Emma, she was not um, into as many outdoor things as she is now. So I think that gives her a great skill set to talk about it because she did not growing up, did not grow up doing these things and she just had to learn them as an adult as well. So yeah, as we learn as adults, I think it's hard and I think, I don't know, having any resources we can is helpful. So in this episode, we talk about introduction to climbing. Like I said before, these are not meant to give you like safety procedures and things that are critical to your safety. We really advocate for you to go to professionals um, to help you get that information. This is kind of an overall gist of if you're interested in climbing, never done it before, or maybe just starting, the questions you may need to ask or the things you may need to think about as you get into it. We talk a little bit about the transition between gym climbing and outdoor climbing, some safety stuff, and yeah, just overall learning how to climb. And I think it's a really interesting episode. We have two more episodes out as well. If you haven't listened to those, Give them a try if climbing isn't your gist. We have two more coming out, one on introductory to skiing. Um, The reason we're releasing this now is because the cheapest time to buy ski passes is typically in the springtime. So if you're thinking about skiing in the upcoming season, it might be a nice time to buy your ski pass or think about buying it and a lot of gear is on sale right around now. The next episode we have coming out is building a healthy relationship with running. And I really love this episode because I personally am a runner 
And I have found that although running is a very easy sport to get into in the sense that it's easy access, um, it's not always the easiest mental thing to get into. And I think people underrate uh, how important that healthy relationship is with running. So if you're a new runner, if you've been running for a long time, I think it's a great episode. If you want to progress in that skill and kind of like build and achieve certain goals, I think the foundation of running is really building a healthy relationship with it. So enough of me talking. I'm really excited about the episode. Um, Like I said, you can always find us on social media and yeah, enjoy. So goal of the episode is I want to talk about like intro to climbing. Um, obviously climbing's gotten really popular in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah. I feel like you were kind of a little bit ahead of that wave. And I want to talk to you about like how you got into climbing, what drew you to the sport and kind of like how you still do it. Yeah, I think I was like right at the front of it. I think just because I got into it during COVID which I think a lot of people got into it during COVID. So I think that's when kind of the bigger wave started. Um, I wasn't really around before, so I couldn't really say for sure, but that was kind of my perspective. Um, So yeah, I was lucky enough to have some great friends, yourself included, who kind of were um, trailblazers for me in the climbing world. So um, having great mentors like you and my boyfriend, and um, other friends uh, to kind of show me the way and help teach me the ropes, literally. Um, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, yeah, obviously great. Um, so yeah, uh, really having great mentors and a group of friends to kind of lift me up and show me the ways. Emma, do you remember... I don't remember the year. I want to say it was like summer of 2019 when we went to Independence Pass and I yeah. got super sick with altitude sickness. And yeah. okay, so Independence Pass, you're, you live in Boulder now. So can you tell us where Independence Pass is? Yeah, so it's right. It's, it's a pass that goes between Leadville and Aspen in Colorado. Yeah. So And elevation yeah. wise, it's pretty high, like around 10,000 feet yeah I think we were camping that trip somewhere around like like 10 10 and a half thousand feet so yeah yeah we're up there yeah okay so do you want to run through I think this is really helpful a lot of times when we're climbing outside especially to places so like Emma and I are from Wisconsin so there's actually some really good climbing in the Midwest but kind of every summer as a friend group we would take these trips out west and so each trip kind of had like a skeleton or like a structure to it because a lot of it was centered around climbing because that's kind of what we were into Mm -hmm. in undergrad can you run through like the structure or like and because you've taken a lot of climbing trips now of like a good like outdoor climbing trip like the camping aspect of it like just in your mind like what makes a really good climbing trip yeah so I love camping um I think that it's so much fun but it's so much more fun if you have things that you're doing during the day. So I think yeah. it's, it's great to just go be outside and stuff like that. But I love climbing trips specifically because you're camping, but you're there for a purpose. So um, wherever you are, you're just a short, maybe hike, maybe a little drive away from where you're going to climb. So um, I guess, yeah, the kind of routine of it is you um, get there, you're camping um, in your tent, whatever you're doing. Um, 
you're cooking food with all your friends, just hanging out. And then you're also just getting ready to climb and try really hard. So I, um, it's, I think one of the purest forms of, I don't know, activity being outside because you're just like there for the climbing and you're just so stoked and amped to like be there. Yeah. But you're also just enjoying being outside and hanging out with your friends and just loving life. So yeah, it's a really cool balance. I also feel like the yeah. food that you have after a day of climbing is like the best food you've ever had in your life. It could be literally the beatable. Worst like mac and cheese, random scramble noodles yeah. aren't even cooked, but it's like literally a delicacy. Yeah, like you're you're going so fast trying to get that food cooked that you don't even care what yeah. it tastes like. Your hands are gonna like be, it's gonna be good anyway. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> your hands hurt. You're holding yeah. like a nice cold can of something, and it's just like the relief you need or whatever. I just yeah. always that's so burned the, in my brain. The sketchiest chopping you'll ever do. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay we're on the trip like you're camping with your friends you're at this place um climbing has this really interesting kind of dichotomy between gym climbing and outdoor climbing and I want to get into that a little bit more but before we get into it I want to talk through some lingo that might be confusing because I know even still I'm confused about stuff so I'm trying to think of like some good lingo that we could go through. Like, could you explain like what a route is and like what a crag is and stuff like that? Yeah. So a crag is basically just like whatever cliff you're climbing at. So you go and there's, it's the crag is where you're going to be climbing. So um, in one climbing area, there might be a bunch of crags. There might just be one, depending on if you're from Wisconsin or not. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Emma, you've gotten, you've gotten bolder on us. I know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, but the crag is where you're like going. That's your destination to climb. Okay. The route is like at the crag, there's going to be different ways that you could climb up the cliff essentially. And that that's what your route is going to be. So um, there's bolts for sport climbing. Anyway, I'll generalize that there's um, bolts that you climb up um, and that kind of shows you where the route is generally. And then I'll pick yeah. you up, so. Yeah. Cool. That's a good description. And you made me think of when you're outside, there's a couple different styles of climbing. So you have bouldering, which means you're kind of doing lower height, usually higher difficulty. Um, you're not roped in. And then you have sport climbing, mm-hmm. which is what you're super good at. I mean, you're you're kind of a boss at everything, but sport climbing <laughs> is like what I associate Emma with. Um, and yeah, it has these like little... Um, I don't even really, there's like a technical word for it, but you have a carabiner and you clip it into like a fixed piece of gear on the wall that someone before you put in and then traditional Mm -hmm. climbing or trad climbing, which is like where you plug in gear. This is very layman's terms, but like where you (laughs) yourself put the fixed gear and then remove it out later. Yeah. Yeah. So trad traditional is supposed to be the more like environmental, like friendly, whatever, because you're not doing anything to the rock. You're just taking everything with you when you go so yeah um something that I always I still to this day um 
get confused with boulder problems and climb like rope climbing routes so yeah. I'll still like in the gym be like oh this route was awesome and someone will be like that's a boulder problem yeah so <laughs> so I mean they're kind of interchangeable but bouldering you would call it a boulder problem and then rope climbing you would call it a like route or yeah that's a really good point yeah. and do you want to go into the differences between the grades of bouldering and sport and traditional climbing yeah, so the boulder grades is the V scale. So um, starting with V0, I think the hardest boulder grade someone has ever sent is V16 now, right? Could like not imagine. I don't even I know, think I could, could get a imagine. finger on that, Emma. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, <laughs> it's insane. People are crazy. There's always oh. someone that's just doing crazy stuff, so, yeah. which is great and fun to watch. Um, but not me. So. Yeah, that's not really yeah. what what we're going for on this yeah. platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, then the so rope routes are um, like a five dot scale. So you have like um, like I'm not going to explain this very well, I don't think. But you have like one, which is just walking. Two point is like hiking, maybe on like a hiking trail. Yeah, like a scramble. So, would be a scramble and then four I don't really know what the difference between three and four is but you're still scrambling maybe it's harder yeah. and then once you hit five <laughs> it's like a straight cliff that you need a rope to climb up so like five zero to five like five are pretty easy and you rope up and then you're fine and it's very easy yeah once you hit like five five six five seven you're starting to have a little bit more challenge um five eight five nine five ten are considered I think moderate and then is or 511 too maybe and then above that it's it gets harder and harder and harder so yeah. um after 510 you add letters so it's 510 a b c d and then 511 a b c d and on and on and on and right it's, it's kind of like an five, infinite list almost at yeah. this point yeah yeah i think and the then, hardest grade right now is 515 c right i have not looked in the last I've been a little yeah. bit out of the, like, I needed to take a little mental break from, like, the very intense climbing, but I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the best grade a woman has climbed right now? I don't know if it's changed since. I think, I want to say it's 15C. Um, It might be 515B or C. Yeah, I think it's still Margot, but I'm unsure. Anyway, well, we can clarify that yeah. more. Um, Emma, do you want to talk more about kind of the grade differences between climbing in a gym? So say you're starting to climb for the first time and you're at a gym and you're kind of interested in transitioning to the outdoors. Can you talk about the grade differences between that? Yeah, so I think it's the most apparent in bouldering where it's um, the V scale. So in the gym, you'll generally have a lot easier grading um, and we call it softer grades so they're just a little bit easier than you would find for the same grade outside so the first time I went bouldering outside I was so stoked and was just immediately shut down like oh yeah it's definitely a rude awakening to go outside after bouldering inside yeah so 100%. just be, be prepared no um don't go in with expecting that you're going to send the same grades that you're sending inside but um it's it's just it's just part of the part of the game yeah <laughs> and it's all and about sending like, can you yeah. for a non-climber sending is just you want to word it in emma's terms yeah so a send is when you climb a route or problem 
completely clean from the bottom up. So yeah. you didn't use any help. You didn't take as uh, another term where if you were just you pause kind of on the side of the cliff and you have your fillet partner hold you up. Um, you didn't fall. You didn't whatever. So you you climbed it completely top to bottom, bottom to yeah. top actually. But yeah. Yeah, nice. I didn't even catch that. So that's I didn't either. for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the idea that you do it under your own power from the start to the, or yeah, beginning to exactly. end. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's hard to do and people get really finicky about that. And I, that's an interesting yeah. thing. One thing I want you to explain, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty a little bit more is the term beta Yeah. and what it kind of means to you. Yeah. So beta is kind of information on the way that you climb it so um a route or problem consists of different moves so you're moving from one hole to the next in different ways so beta would be considered like a way that you move between the holds so um there's all sorts of different like terms for different moves like crimps mm -hmm. and different like holds and stuff like that so um beta would be a specific way to move your body to climb up a problem Route. I've never heard it explained like that but that's like that's precisely what it is and some people this is <laughs> an interesting term that goes hand in hand some people like to give you information without your help um and some people call that beta spring and yeah. I I'm sure you have encountered this but I've also encountered oh, yes. this and a lot of times it's because I'm really struggling like the person is actively trying to help me but they'll give me information and sometimes that takes the like struggle out of climbing and then yeah. makes it not can you kind of like talk through your thought process on that yeah so yeah beta spraying is um generally frowned upon in the climbing community I think because it takes out such a key part of climbing at least for me one of the things that I love most about climbing is it's a mental game as much as a physical game so figuring out your beta and like figuring out how you're going to climb a problem or a route is like so hugely part of like the actual climb itself yeah that if somebody's just like telling you how to do it without you asking for it that's like it's like putting the last piece of a jigsaw puzzle that I made the whole rest of it, the 999 pieces and somebody like puts the last piece in like, totally. I am so furious when people do that. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. That's kind of, I guess how I would explain it. And that's. Have you had any, like no, that's a, it's a really good explanation. Have you had any experiences that you can think of that that's happened to you? Um, I mean, in the gym, it kind of happens all the time. In the gym, you're also climbing the same things as a lot of people at the same time. So it's yeah. kind of like you can't be too mad if you see somebody's beta and you like do that. But if somebody's like explicitly comes up to you and tells you what you're doing wrong that you should do differently, that's kind of a different story. Um, yeah. I think, um, yeah, there's <laughs> a stereotype that's um, like gym bros where they just like think they know it all. And so mm -hmm. um, as a woman at the gym, sometimes I'm kind of sensitive to the gym bros who um, like, are like, maybe you should try it, like do it this way. This is what worked for me. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I think I am more sensitive to that, but um, I don't know. The, their intentions are usually pure. They don't mean to like right. do things poorly. So it's kind of, it's, it's tricky, but it's, um, yeah just do you think of. do you think sometimes like setting the intention I mean 
you're right. I guess climbing in a gym is so different than climbing outside. Cause a lot of times when you're outside, you're with a core group of friends or you're with a group that, you know, you drove there together, yeah. you hiked in together. And so you're a little bit more comfortable usually. And some, that's not always the case anymore because things are getting really crazy busy. Um, yeah. So you might not always get that information from that group of people you're climbing with because they know what you prefer. But in the climbing gym, as someone who maybe like has never stepped foot into a climbing gym before, can you kind of like walk us through things that like you also maybe struggled with or like learned? Looking back, you're like, these are no brainers. But like yeah. right away when you first started climbing, you're like, literally what? Or like things that you struggled with, I guess. Yeah, it's so hard to just walk in. It's kind of overwhelming. Um, I think the first time I went, I was like, I had no idea what to do. People clearly know what they're doing when you look yeah. around a gym. So it's kind of a little humiliating when you're first trying it. But it's also like, I mean, you're there to try a new thing. So there's always new people in the gyms and no one is ever thinking less of you for being new to it. So it's right. um like it can feel like that for sure and overwhelming, but it's kind of like you just do your thing and learn. And I I loved, I learned a lot by just like watching other people. So yeah. um so having there be people that know what they're doing is actually like a huge blessing because you can see the way that they're moving and learn from it. So um, but yeah, first time you walk in, you if you're you might have your own shoes and stuff, but you go get your rental shoes, your stuff like that. Um, and you just kind of have to go for it. So, um, and figure it out. But if you kind of, yeah, look at things that, um, seem like they might be in your wheelhouse and just kind of go from there and challenge yourself and it can be really great. I think a lot of times, like I know you and I, I feel like felt this way a little bit. I was surprised how quickly it clicked physically I think mentally I'm still learning how to make it click, but like, I think physically the idea you walk in you're like, my arms literally cannot make a fist right now. They're so, my forearms are so tired. That feeling gets better pretty quickly. And I mean, like if you're going consistently, like maybe two or three times a week for a couple weeks, like by your first three months, you'll have like some pretty solid stamina. Yeah, yeah, you can grow muscle really quickly. Um, and I think it's like a really great workout, obviously. Um, but yeah. I think you're right that it's so technical. Um, mm-hmm. Technique is so important. And that's, I think, a little bit harder to learn than just like um, building the muscle. So I totally. think spending the time trying to learn technique is also really important, too. So, and oh my I gosh, think, yes. Yeah. So, and you mentioned like mental game a little bit. So climbing is um, unique in that it's um, a huge physical challenge, but it also can be scary. It can be a scary thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You are high up in the air and you might fall down and that's terrifying. So it's like mental game is also a huge, huge part of like climbing experience. So I think um working on that and understanding your fear but knowing that you're safe and understanding your systems if you're on ropes and um doing that so learning yeah learning two things at once kind of with like your body but also learning and challenging your mind as well and like I mentioned before it's like solving a puzzle sometimes Mm -hmm. 
he calls it them boulder problems because the earth's trying to solve it so i think it's there's yeah so many different aspects which is really cool but can be really hard oh my gosh and i think one thing i so look up to you for i remember we were climbing in kentucky in red river gorge which is like a really popular spot it's kind of like disney world for climbing there's just a ton <laughs> yeah. of like really good routes all next to each other there's a ton of crags there's really cool camping um if you've ever heard of miguel's which is that like pizza place that a bunch of climbers just like live in the back of and camp for like that that's all red river gorge but i remember we were there and there's this route called the golden ticket it's beautiful and it's super hard um like professionals go to the gorge to climb it and so we were climbing next to golden ticket not obviously at there that'd be insane but like kind of kitty corner to it and there's some, like, kind of feisty, spicy routes that, like, are a little, I don't know, they're not, like, the most easily mental routes. And you yeah. just freaking sent it up there. Like, I was freaked out. And Emma Palm freaking, like, <laughs> ties in, gets all her systems checked, and then just, like, I watched you just like really mentally check into this route. And then when you got back to the ground, you checked back in like to Emma, but it was just like, yeah. you transcended. It was crazy. Yeah. I took some big falls on that one. I remember that was like, Dude, that was a, yeah. Yeah. yeah those <laughs> and, some when good we mean, ones. and when we mean fall, it's like sport climbing, you fall. to the last time you clipped in, so you're not, we're not falling to the ground, but you're falling like, no to your last carabiner that your rope is clipped into it's hard to like talk about it without a visual but yeah you took some massive yeah. falls and I was like oh my god that's insane you're so cool can you talk to us <laughs> about how like as a beginner that meant how you built that mental strength up and how you deal with that like adversity yeah I think I was again really really lucky when I was learning to climb because I was surrounded by people who knew what they were doing and um I think I learned mainly outside, actually. I was learning during the beginning of COVID when um, everything was shut down, the gyms weren't even open. Um, so my boyfriend and a lot of our friends, they took me outside to learn to climb. So at the Red River Gorge actually was when I learned basically everything and um, learned to lead climb, learned to belay, like literally everything at once. So, um, I think I was really kind of just thrown into the fire, but in a way that was um, like, no one told me I should be scared. Um, yeah. So because everybody else was so comfortable around me, mm -hmm. I, my, I was just like, Oh, this is like completely fine. And that was how my like climbing life was born was like in a place of complete, I'm safe doing this. So I think that was definitely a huge blessing for me. Um, I think understanding the systems really, really helps as well. So um, when you're learning to climb outside, it's um, obviously for safety, it's really important to know your systems, but being able to trust that mm -hmm. is I think really huge for me. Um, knowing that your gear is good. I like know that everything that I'm using is safe and good. Um, having your own stuff that you trust is super huge I think just being able to like say this is going to be fine and yeah. I'm going to have fun and I think I I also am lucky to just I love it so much that I just I'm going to do it anyway so it's kind yeah. of yeah also you, knowing your limits I think 
Okay, you touched on two like really important points. I think one, I want to talk about gear and safety and also yeah. knowing your limits. Because I think those are two really critical pieces that when you're learning and learning quickly and you're really excited and you're progressing quickly, because mm-hmm. like when you first start climbing, you jump through these grades really quickly. And then you hit a point where you start to stall out a little bit um, and your progress isn't as quick. So sometimes you can get really like, caught up in that rank like rising the ranks almost and getting that credibility as a climber and not focused on the safety and I think knowing your limits is huge and knowing how to read a route inside and outside and looking and saying I don't know if that moves for me or I don't know if that hazard is something I'm willing to take a risk on Um, can you talk to us about first I want to get into the nitty-gritty of like the belay devices so what you belay with and what you are comfortable with other people belaying you with and just talk like kind of low level not low level but surface level and then we can kind of get into it yeah so I have a grigri um, belay device and I think that it's auto locking so what that means is it's if somebody if the person that you're belaying falls like the device will lock itself. You don't need to necessarily like hold on to it as hard as you would with other blade devices. Like there's an ATC or other things like that where mm-hmm. it's not auto locking. Um, I think that that is probably by far the s- safest belay device that I've come across. Mm-hmm. I think the auto locking feature is pretty huge. Um, right. I think, but I will say that um it's more about for me trusting your belayer than trusting the belay device. Hundred percent. So I think um, if somebody that I really really trust is belaying with an ATC, I'm not gonna think twice about it because I know that I trust them and I know that they know what they're doing. Right. If somebody that I don't really trust is going to belay me, I'll give them my grigri. So if they have an ATC, um, so I think yeah, knowing your belayer to me is way more important than whatever belay device they're using but I think you're yeah I it's an interesting point because it's like a human factor and I that that's why I think climbing generates these really close relationships within the community because you do trust the belayer with your life like that's how Tommy and I met is he was my belayer and Mm -hmm. he put me on stuff that I was scared shitless about and then we we walked through it and like it was fine and you're right the systems were all good we were I play with an ATC because I'm not as comfortable with the Grigri right now but I still think it's so interesting that like the person is the kind of the key variable that you need to look for let's talk about um knowing limits and how that how you gauged that yeah so I think um I'm a lot better at that now than I was when I first started climbing I think when you're just beginning it's hard to know what poses a risk and what doesn't I think um yeah I think for me like when I first started I was like all of this gear that like all of the bolts and everything that are on the walls that people have left there for me are going to be completely fine like I was like I didn't really question it at all but now I think kind of making a point to um make sure that you're checking that the gear on the wall is good and things like that like I'm not going to climb on shitty gear that's there so um right I think that's you'll just learn so much as you grow as a climber that it's hard to 
know what to look for at the beginning but I think now I look for things like ledges like if a climb has a lot of ledges that I could fall on and like that'll really break break your ankles um (laughs) (laughs) I think um that's something that I don't really like to I don't like to climb on walls that have edges that's one of my things that I say no to totally but things like like bouldering I don't climb above a certain like height because I don't want to once again break my ankles um right but it's also everybody has different like levels of risk that you're willing to take um in in anything so I think just knowing your own specific limits and like I I'm 100% a person who loves to like push myself out of my comfort zone and I'm all for advocating for that right um I think knowing your limits in terms of like like your own personal safety is an entirely different beast because Mm -hmm. it's not like you're like um there's no glory to be had from doing something stupid and falling totally a climb so I think that's I guess my take anyway yeah and I think you made a really good point I think um when you're with other people sometimes the time to think and the time to make the decision, am I in or am I out? People are asking, should I, and we're coming, or we're talking a lot of times about climbing outside and this still does apply to gym climbing, but like it's, you're paying someone to kind of take the safety into consideration for you in the gym versus climbing outside. It's all on you. And so there's resources like mountain project, um, which is like a free guide. There are really good local guidebooks. I would say one of my goals and the reason I wanted to take a step back from climbing was I didn't feel like I was doing a good enough job assessing my own risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I like didn't trust my own decision making because I was I was letting other people make the decision for me. Like it was a it was a self thing. It wasn't other people doing like forcing it upon me. It was like I wasn't knowledgeable enough to know yes or no am I in or am I out and I got myself in some situations that scared me and then I was like I need to take some steps back um so I think a lot of times for me personally when I climb with people with really masculine energy and that isn't always men per se but like people who are I don't know really physically confident and like there's a whole makeup of personality but I tend to lose my own confidence in decision-making and choose to do things that I think I would rather not do. And then I get scared and then I doubt my climbing ability. And then it's this weird cycle. Yeah. And that's also, it's so hard when you're starting out to, to like, know, you don't know what you don't know. 100%. And if you're climbing with a group of people that you think maybe knows better than you do, mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't know to necessarily like call them out for something stupid that they're doing. Right. And I think that I, I really, I truly see that a lot. I see that a lot happening at Craig's all over the place. Um, yeah, like Caroline said, I live in Boulder, Colorado. I think um, there's a lot of people who are just getting into climbing in Colorado, moved out here and like, that's what people do here. So there's so many new people and any Craig you go to, there's somebody that's doing something stupid. And right. I think um, it's kind of, like the people that are with other people don't necessarily know what you don't know so I think being doing your own research there's a lot of resources um on like even YouTube and like there's places that you can um look to for help with that kind of thing so I think just like knowing knowledge is always going to help you 
Oh my gosh. And even if you're overwhelmed by it at first, and the thing that you want to be knowledgeable about is like the hike into the crag, like even that I've had some crazy stories where it was not easy to get to the spot. I mean, stupid things where it was dumb. We were hiking for hours. We're up some random gulch with a bunch of cacti, you know, like I could talk about it forever, but sometimes when you're first starting out, just getting on mountain project, orienting yourself to the area and being like, I know how to get back from the crag to my car. And that's what you're knowledgeable on. And then working up to the levels of like, which routes you want to do and stuff like that. I think that's Mm -hmm. just working up to that level and not just jumping right into it is big. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also finding mentors and people that you really trust as mentors is also really huge. Um, a lot of gyms have like partner finders and partner like where they pair people up um I would for sure recommend doing things like that that can kind of introduce you to more people who are into climbing and who maybe can have some um advice to give um I think making sure that you feel comfortable and like trust their advice is also really important but I think having other people to kind of help show you the way is huge totally agree Really good point. Local climbing gyms, they're out there, have really good programs. And it's okay if you pay for an educational class or a safety class. Like you're paying for training and you're paying for education. And sometimes that's going to be the difference between you knowing what you're doing and you not. And so Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to sign up for like the lead beginner class or the top row beginner class and really learn your foundational skills well instead of from a hodgepodge of random people who need you to clean up the the gear from a route. So you're going to be taught how to blade today, you know, like, yeah, or how to yeah. repel today. So it's like, yeah. yeah, seeking out and maybe being um, like intentional behind that mentorship. It's not easy, but I do think it gets easier when you take that first step. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I want to briefly talk about, um, gear when you're first starting off things you're glad you bought things that you're like I could have saved my money on that yeah um so I was really again lucky to have such an awesome climber boyfriend who bought me my first pair of shoes and my first harness um Mm -hmm. before we weren't really even dating at this point um so oh yeah uh, I forgot about that yeah yeah oh that's so funny I totally forgot about that that was super helpful um, for helping me get into it. But um, what was yeah, the brand? Was... Can you just briefly the brand of your first shoe? Yeah. Remember? Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what they are. I think they were five ten brand. Um, I have no idea though. Okay. But no the worries. harness was a uh, Petzl. Um, but yeah, so he bought me those two things to start out, um, just in the gym and stuff. Um, I think. Something that I would never spend money on is a chalk bag. Um, your gym is for sure. Your gym is for sure gonna have lost and found sales sometime. And I got my chalk bag there for like two dollars. So That's they have super no. Good advice. They have no like functional gear. Like they're not any sort of safety function. So buying them used is so easy, and they're literally everywhere. So just do that. Um, nice. But. Yeah, I mean, chalk and stuff like that is necessary, but you can kind of do that as you want. It's different for everybody right. what you like and stuff. Um, the biggest thing I would recommend is a helmet. If you're going to be climbing outside, get a yep. helmet. 
Um, and wear it all the time. Wear it, wear it when you're belaying, wear it when you're climbing, wear it if you're just standing near the wall because people just knock rocks off of climbs all the time. I see it all the time. So wear your helmet if you're going to be anywhere near the rocks. That's Um, super good advice. Yeah. I think, yeah, and belay device, gree gree. Yeah. Yeah. Emma, amazing. Last question, real fast. Most underrated route or spot you've climbed? Oh my God, underrated. I think, um, oh my God. It's okay, it doesn't have to be a right answer. Just the first one that comes in your okay. brain. My favorite, favorite spot to climb is Ten Sleep Wyoming. I think um, like Wyoming kind of maybe makes you think there's not going to be it's not going to be good it's going to be weird ten sleep is like the teeniest tiniest little town but the climbing is so fantastic i love it i love amazing i just wanted to thank emma so much for coming on and debriefing some intro to climbing stuff with us it's definitely not the full story but i hope it gets some people started in the right direction um now we're able to kind of talk through some lingo and for future episodes now there's at least some foundational knowledge that we can go back to and hopefully in the future build off of so if you guys have any questions you want answered or any topics you want discussed go ahead and email in her nature pod pod at gmail.com and we'll try to get those answered for some of our future guests make sure you're following us on social at instagram on in her at in her nature pod and you can also find us on tiktok we'll see what we get going over there but yeah thank you so much for listening to our first episode um thanks emma for joining us and being our first guest we're super excited before we end up here i did want to say a huge thank you to riley johnson for doing our design work you can follow her on instagram at rej.design she's an awesome graphic designer out of honolulu hawaii I also wanted to thank Tommy Zalewski for recording some of our intro music, intro outro music. He is in a super cool band called The Porch Flowers. They're out of Madison, Wisconsin. And you can follow them at on Instagram at just at The Porch Flowers. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And hopefully we'll see you soon. Just remember, these things are in your nature. 